Journeying on this dirt path called life can leave you beaten, bruised, and defeated. Our hearts crave a reason to keep going, and our minds seek something to make sense of it all. This is why I explore the depths of the Bible with real Jesus as that hope and the one who holds our answers. This is a sermon podcast of my weekly sermon at the Ravenna Church in Nazarene, located in Ravenna, Kentucky. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. I shared with some, if you can't preach from this passage, you should probably hang it up. <laughs> Go find something else to do. So uh, Luke chapter 2, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 20. I promise I'm not going to preach every verse in the passage. All right. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. This first registration took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David. He went there to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. And while they were there, she, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son. And she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord sh- shone, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid for a look. I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly there was a great multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to people He favors. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph, the baby who was lying in the manger. And after seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. It's the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I'm sure you're like me and you've heard this story every Christmas. And one of the troubles in in preaching passages like this is we've all heard it so many times, right? There's only so many different ways you can preach this story. Oftentimes I find it's, when I go through these familiar stories, occasionally God will point out some small details that I hadn't been paying attention to before. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah. And there's something in this, in this, in this story that's kind of, maybe I've always known it, but not really stopped and thought about it. You see, in verses 1 and 2, they're just simply telling us what the government wants to happen. 
Right? The government makes decrees all the time. Every government makes laws. They make rules. Someone up top, whether it's a Caesar, whether it's a president, whether it's Congress, whoever it is, someone makes these rules and we're expected to be obedient. So this is part of the story of Jesus. You see, Jesus had to be born in Bethlehem. Why do you say that? Because, because that's what the prophecy said. The prophecy said the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Did Quirinius know that? Did Caesar know that? Probably not. They didn't know. They had no clue. They didn't even know who Joseph was. This is part of the story of Jesus. All the prophets, all the Old Testament was pointing to this particular moment that one day the Messiah would be born. He'd be born in Bethlehem. And, and without knowing it, Quirinius and the Caesar Augustus were part of the story. If Caesar hadn't have made that decree, Joseph would not have had a reason to go to Bethlehem. Now, and then we look down here, there's, there's Joseph and Mary, and I'm sure this, this is one of the reasons why I don't think Silent Night was silent in its entirety, because Joseph is traveling with a pregnant woman. Have you ever traveled with a pregnant woman before, fellas? You do your best to just smile and nod, right? When she has to go to the bathroom, you just pull over and you let her go to the bathroom as many times as it takes, and you just sit there and you smile and you nod, right? You don't you do your best to not say anything. In my life, I've learned you don't poke the bear. And my, <laughs> the clothes glared at me right now. So Mary's pregnant. She's, she, she, we don't know if she's riding on a donkey or if she's walking. Either way, that's not a good time. And then on top of this, Joseph is traveling because the government told him to. I know how all of us behave when the government told us we had to stay inside for a year there. We didn't behave very well, did we? We, 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 we may have done it, but we grumbled a lot, didn't we? I'm sure Joseph was grumbling each and every step of the way. But they had to go to Bethlehem. And while they were different than, I mean, they were a little different than Caesar and, and, and Quirinius, the governor, they each had an angel appear to them and tell them exactly why this was happening. Mary, remember the angel appeared to her and said, you're going to be with child, and that child's going to be of the Holy Spirit. Remember he says that to her? So she knows. She, doesn't, she knows enough to know that this, this is different. Then Joseph, because he, he knows how it normally works, 99.9% .9 of all pregnancies involves two people. But in this case, this was different. And, but Joseph didn't know that because Joseph didn't know that and was going to divorce Mary. An angel came and said, no, don't do that. This is all my doing. So they, they knew, maybe not the entirety of it, but they knew who Jesus was. They knew the significance of the moment. But this is part of the story of Jesus. Just like Quirinius, just like Augustus. They get to, the, they get to the, where the inn's at, and there's not any room for, there, for them there. 
Now, chances are Joseph probably first went to some, he had relatives living in the area, he probably went to their house first. They either didn't let him in because they'd already had so much company, there wasn't any place else left to put them, or because they knew Mary was pregnant and they were not okay with, with associating with a couple like that because they didn't know the story. But they go to this, Joseph goes to this inn and he's trying to find a place for his pregnant wife to rest and, and, and sleep, and, and this innkeeper's telling him no. We've, we've, through, the, through the years, I've heard a lot of sermons preached on this innkeeper. <laughs> we've talked a lot about him, and he's forever infamously a part of the story of Jesus. Because he was the one that didn't have any room for him. Now, in fairness, had this innkeeper known the whole story, he know, had he known exactly what was happening, I think he probably would have found the space, right? If he truly understood the moment that he was in and what was taking place before him, if an angel had just showed up and told him, maybe he would have understood, but he didn't. That's not what happened. But this is still the part of the story of Jesus. This innkeeper is still a part of the story of Jesus. Just as much as Joseph and Mary, and just as much as Caesar and Quirinius, who didn't even know who Joseph or Mary or Jesus was. Then we move over here to the shepherds, and they're out standing in their field. You know, it, keep in mind they don't have the city lights like we have, right? All they have is the stars and and the moon. They had this big bright star in the sky that the Magi were off somewhere following. But it's pretty dark. They're just sitting there, probably around the campfire, listening to the sheep, trying to keep watch. And all of a sudden, in the, out of the pitch black darkness, this bright light appears and these angels start singing to them. And this is one of those understatements, I think, in the Bible where it says they were terrified. I don't think there's a word in the English language to describe what they were feeling in that moment. They were like, what's going on here? It's aliens to, here to abduct us or something. What's going on? But that's when the angels tell them the best news of all, right? The Christ, the, the Messiah has been born in Bethlehem. The prophecy has been fulfilled. And this is what's going to happen. You're going to leave here, and you're going to go find this baby lying in a manger. Keep on, they don't know that they don't know why the Messiah is lying in a manger. They don't know that, that part of the story. The only part of the story they know is they're standing in a field one day, and the shepherd or the angels appear to them and say, Hey, go here. And then they start singing. If you don't like singing, I don't know that heaven's going to be the place for you. Because <laughs> every time I read about anything to do with heaven and being in God's presence, there is all kinds of angels singing and, and loud noises and things like that. It's a joyful experience. And here we have the angels. They're singing and they're praising God for what's taking place in this moment. So we have the shepherds are a part of this story. We have the angels are a part of this story. And they're all a part of the story of Jesus. Some of them knew and some of them didn't know. But every single one of them 
or a part of the story of Jesus. You may not realize this, and you may not know this, but you and I, we're a part of the story of Jesus. We're part of the story of Jesus. Because remember, our, you know, he came and he, he was born in this manger. And, and yes, Caesar Augustus didn't know who he was, and, and Quirinius didn't know who he was. The innkeeper didn't have, know who he was, but guess what? They were still a part of the story of Jesus. They didn't know who Jesus was, but Jesus came anyway. They didn't know who Jesus was, but Jesus came and died on the cross for them anyway. I've shared about this book I've read with you before. You know, I've, you know obviously I've read the Bible. But one of my favorite books I've read recently was Eusebius' Church History, the first church historian. And they, he records the church history from, from after the death of Christ and when, from when the church starts all the way up to Constantine. But you know how he begins his book on church history? He tells the story of Jesus. He tells, he makes sure, and when you read the opening of that book, you know who Jesus was, why he came, what he did for you. Because that's what it's all about. That's the history of the church. Because the church is the, we are the ongoing story of Jesus Christ to a world that needs to hear the message. You see, we, find, we come to know Him. We accept Him as our Lord and Savior. And each and every once in a while, I've already stopped and asked you your story of how you came to Jesus. It's a miraculous thing. Some of you may say, well, I grew up in church, Pastor Jason. I, I was at church every Sunday, and my, my testimony, I don't have this big, long, dark testimony to tell, but do you realize how miraculous that is? That's God doing that. That was, that was God grafted you into the story of Jesus Christ. Those of you that maybe you had a long, dark road that you walked down, things that you wrestled with, demons that you had to have Him help you conquer to get here and get to that moment. But he was, he was taking and he was finding and he was grafting you into his story that he is going to, t- to tell about him to the whole world. That when they look at you and they see that what Jesus has done for you in your life, they will know that that Savior lives and that he has a plan for you and that he will walk with you and he will be there for you. Because the reality of it is, the truth of it is, all of it is about Jesus. Yes, the church, the church is about Jesus. But do you, do you realize that cover of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is all the story of Jesus? Every bit of it. And if, if that book right there is all pointing us to Jesus, what about the rest of history? The rest of history is what? It's pointing us to Jesus. 
What about science? Science is pointing us to Jesus. You know, there's, you know, science scientists. They, they, they you know, they, 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 they have all these theories, all these thoughts, all these sci- the experiments that they have done. But you realize how many leading scientists now are coming around to the truth that, you know, this Big Bang thing, there has to be somebody that's, that started it all. There has to be somebody that said go. So all of science is pointing us to God who is ultimately pointing us to Jesus. It's all about Him. It's all about Him and what He's done for us. It's all about Him and that He's going to come back again. You see, every one of these people in this Christmas story were part of the Christmas story. But Joseph and Mary, they knew. The shepherds, they knew because angels showed up and told them. But Quirinius didn't know. Augustus didn't know. Neither did the innkeeper. Paul writes about this, I think it's in Romans. He says, how, how is the world going to know unless someone tells them? I'm probably really pra- paraphrasing that. But how is the world going to know unless someone tells them? And notice that's, that's exactly what the angels, did, or the angels told the shepherds to do. Right? The angels told the shepherds, hey, you go see this Jesus and then you go tell everybody. Because they had to, the world had to know. Because when, when Jesus came to this world, yes, there was a bright star in the sky, but only the Magi figured out that that meant something. They had to go find it. But no, those who have the, those who have the knowledge, those who, that, who know who Jesus is and why he's here or where he's at, they were given the responsibility to go and tell the story. Because in the end, what the Bible ends with and what it tells us is at the end of all things, we're all going to know that it was the story of Jesus and that we were played a part in it. The question is, though, will you know it? Know that you're part of the story of Jesus or will you refuse it? Or you walk in ignorance with it. And beyond that, what do we do with the story? Yeah, we know what the story is, but what what are we doing with it? Are we telling it? Are we keeping it quiet? Now, when I talk about telling the story of Jesus, I'm not saying that we need to get a megaphones and go stand out here on the church corners and, and preach the story of Jesus or even sit there and read Scripture to people. I've tried that on Facebook. They're just sitting there reading Scripture to people. They don't watch those videos, just so you know. <laughs> they don't. They get bored and go watch something else. You see, we, so often we think telling the story means that we verbally speak it out loud. But what if telling the story is simpler than that? Uh, one of my friends just got a book for Christmas, and it was, it was, it was called How, How to, to Be a Christian and Not Be a Jerk. 
I think there's a lot of truth in that book title. I've not read the book yet, but man, I'm intrigued. Here's the thing, if we're, if we're telling about this good news of Jesus Christ, but our life is not a reflection of good news, then we really tell them the story. They're going to know the true story about who Jesus is and what He's done for them. But if we go about living our lives in ways that demonstrate the love of Jesus, demonstrate His kindness and His goodness and His mercy, oh, that tells the story. Because each and every one of us can think of all the things that we have done wrong. But Jesus paid that penalty for us. By God's grace and by faith, if we accept that grace, oh, we are forgiven. He gives, a new, he gives us a new life. He gives us a new name. He gives us a new purpose. And that purpose is to tell His story. I could keep on preaching, but I just think today we need to, there's an old hymn we need to end with. I haven't talked to Vicki or Arthur about this yet, so... I don't know if we know it. It's hymn 181, Go Tell It on the Mountain. I don't know if we know that one or not. But this Christmas, my, my, my challenge for each and every one of us is, if, do we, first off, do we know the story? Do we know that we are a part of the story? Do we accept that we're a part of Christ's story? And the second one is, now that you know you're a part of the story, we go tell it. Not just with words, but with the way you live your life. So we just stand and we're going to close out in this, this hymn together. And if you're here today and you don't, you don't know that you're a part of the story, but you would like to, you can talk to Jesus and He'll help you. He'll help you to know that you are part of His story and that He loves you and that there's a place for you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Dirt Pastorman Podcast. It is recorded live at the Ravenna Church of the Nazarene, located at 530 Main Street in Ravenna, Kentucky. Our theme song is The Dirt Path by Jeremy Edwards. Be sure to visit thedirtpastormanpodcast.com where you can leave me a message, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and find daily devotional videos. <laughs>